He's known as one of the richest men in the world. And it doesn't look like that is going to change anytime soon. But maybe he has had a change of heart. The creator of Tesla wants to throw his hat in the ring to end world hunger. Elon Musk, the controversial, innovative creator of Tesla, that electric car company, made waves earlier this week. Estimates from a number of humanitarian groups have said it would take approximately $6 billion to end world hunger. Challenge accepted. He asked the UN for a game plan, pledging $6 billion to get it done. The super-rich live lives no one else could imagine. I have to say, it's quite refreshing to see all that money go towards something like this. I was hungry, and you fed me. The words of Jesus to his sheep at the end of Matthew 25. As believers, we stand fully behind the effort to feed the hungry, and we hope they can find Christ in the process. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called The Living Nativity. All week, we're talking about the echoes of the Christmas story, the truths that bring the nativity to life, back and forth, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We hear these life-giving echoes. Think back to the Old Testament, to Micah, where the birthplace of Jesus is foretold. Then on to Luke 2, and the most famous account in the Gospels of Jesus' birth. Bethlehem echoes from the old to the new. So many echoes. Today we're going to think about a young man named Joseph. He had dreams. He went to Egypt. Are you thinking about the Joseph in Genesis? Or the one in the New Testament? Both Josephs are echoes looking backwards and looking forwards, showing the importance of the nativity and birth of our Savior. Stay with me. Let's tune our ears to hear the sounds of the gospel orchestrated by God's providence, echoing from God's word, resounding then in our hearts and found in the stories of both Josephs. But just before we hear our first song, I want to thank everyone who's been getting in touch with us for the manger mission. They heard the call to think about Christmas early, to plan how they can lead the children in their lives to Jesus more this coming December. And rather than me tell you about it, I asked Kristen, one of the creators of the Manger Mission, to share with you what it's all about. The Manger Mission is a child-led, play-based, Jesus-focused family Christmas tradition that includes a hardback children's book that tells the story both of the tradition and of the original wise men in scripture. It also includes a wooden nativity set coordinating with the illustrations in the book, and the set has been tested for child safety. That's Kristen with the Manger Mission. It's an activity that can take place through December, that is used by families to anticipate Jesus through the journey of the wise men. After this program, I want to give you an opportunity to support the ministry by sending you a boxed set of the Manger Mission for your generous gift. Ask the kids in your life to help the wise men make their way to Jesus, and I pray that they will do that as well. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. 
or visit us online. Watch the short video that shows a family using the Manger Mission. Just keep scrolling down on our homepage and you'll see it there. And you can also make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, if you wanted to, but didn't get to, we still have the chosen TV show, Seasons 1 and 2, for your gift to the ministry. Since we're thinking ahead, I think everything I've described would make wonderful Christmas presents this year. And now, let's go to England and Ireland. Graham Kendrick with Rend Collective. From heaven you came, helpless rain. Entered our world, your glory then. Not to be served, but to serve. And give your life that we might live. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to fall. a daily offering of worship to the servant king there in the garden of tears my heavy load he chose to bear his heart with sorrow was Yet not my will, but yours, he said. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him. To bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to servant king Come see his hands and his feet The scars that speak of sacrifice Hands that flung stars into space Now to follow him 
you in view of love so true we are changed when you we bring our lives to you a sacrifice for you in view of love so true we are changed when you this is our god the servant He calls us now to follow him to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king What are the early songs of the praise and worship movement in the world written by Graham Kendrick But this version with Rim's Collective and the Servant King here on Haven Today in a program called The Living Nativity. I'm Charles Morris. Tell me if this sounds familiar. A young man named Joseph was visited by the Lord in a dream. And as a result, he traveled to Egypt where he took care of his family before they could return safely and experience the promises of the Lord. God spoke to him in dreams, protected him, and went with him wherever he went. Were you thinking of Joseph, son of Jacob? So was I, but not the one in Genesis. I'm talking about Joseph, the father of Jesus. He was also a son of Jacob. He was also met by the Lord in a dream. He also went to Egypt. The journey from Egypt to the promised land, the Exodus, is well known. Joseph brought his family down to Egypt after his brothers realized he wasn't dead after all. He took care of them. And eventually the Lord brought them back. Like Hosea 11.1 says, The Lord called his son out of Egypt. Israel was known as the firstborn son of the Lord. Joseph, the father of Jesus, also went down to Egypt. Warned in a dream that Herod was going to kill every male child under the age of two. In other words, kill Jesus. And then when he finally returned, Matthew tells us that it was to fulfill what Hosea 11.1 1 says, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Echoes. That's what this is. The earlier story of Joseph and his brothers down in Egypt echoes forward to the time of Christ, when his father went down to Egypt to protect his family and eventually returned with the promised one. But Joseph's story didn't start there. Before Jesus was even born, Matthew describes him as a faithful man. He was engaged betrothed to Mary. And the story of Jesus' birth is so much more powerful when we realize what it meant to Joseph, the father, earthly father, of Jesus, to be faithful. His story as a faithful follower actually begins with breaking the law. I want us to listen again to Dr. Kenneth Bailey, a scholar who has tried to look at Jesus through the eyes of those who would have first met him. Dr. Bailey was a Middle Eastern scholar for many, many decades, a Christian, and he shares that with us. We need to hear this, and when we do it, we're opened up to all kinds of insights that we'd never imagine. Joseph the Faithful Lawbreaker is just one of those. I want you to listen to the late Kenneth Bailey as he explains what that meant. Now, what does a just man mean? Please notice that when we say somebody is just, 
we usually mean that person is fair. What does that mean? Well, that means that whatever the rules are, he or she applies those rules equally. The father is just with the kids, and that means that whatever rules he makes for the kids are equally applied. The headmaster is just with the students in the school because whatever regulations are, the headmaster, the principal of the school, doesn't have any favorites, and the principal applies the rules equally in a fair fashion for everybody. But did you notice? The text says, because Joseph is a just man, he decides to put Mary away quietly. Now, the law of Moses had something to say about this. It said any woman who breaks the sexual code is to be stoned to death along with the person who has been his or her partner in the breaking of the sexual code. So because Joseph is a just man, he decides to break the law of Moses, not just any law, the law of Moses. Now, mind you, we're getting a new definition of justice. Justice now is not the man who applies the law. The just man is the man who breaks the law. The just man now is not the one who keeps the law. The just man is the one who breaks it. Dr. Kenneth Bailey, you might think he was just undermining the entire Christian way. Well, what does he mean? The just man is the one who actually breaks the law now instead of keeping it. In the ancient world, especially for ancient Israel, the law was central. The Lord gave it to Moses on Mount Sinai. It shaped his entire life. It determined everything that Israel did in a day, and the time of Christ was no different. Sure, there were religious elites that had decided to break the law in order to get political power and influence. Jesus didn't call them just, and I don't think Dr. Bailey would either. There were people who didn't really care about the Bible. But there was a vibrant community of faith in those days as well. And Joseph and Mary were part of that vibrant community. They loved the Lord. They trusted in him for salvation. So why did he break the law? Why did Matthew call him just? Well, the first thing to remember is that even in the Old Testament, there are stories of people doing things that the law forbids, but being commended for it. Abraham, in obedience to the Lord, took his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him before the Lord. Thou shalt not kill didn't seem to figure in here. David marched into the tabernacle and ate the bread of the presence that was reserved only for the priests, but he was later commended by Jesus for it. Because we stand naked before the Lord, our obedience to him might sometimes lead us to do things that the law of Moses says we shouldn't have. And this is what was happening with Joseph. But it goes even deeper than that. Jesus was fulfilling, in a sort of shadow way, what the prophet Isaiah had foreseen. Every Christmas, Janet and I read through Isaiah. I always look forward to it. It's like catching up with an old friend as I hear Isaiah walk me through his vision of the world Christ was going to bring. And in Isaiah 42, we get an insight into how Jesus' coming would change the world. Isaiah wrote a number of songs, what we call the servant songs, about the suffering of the Messiah. Scholars go back and forth arguing who this suffering servant is, but Christians have long believed that Jesus 
is that servant. Isaiah 42 tells us that this coming servant would bring justice to the nations and to the land, the people of Israel. His coming would radically change the world. Justice would be seen and known by all kinds of people, not just by the Jews. The Spirit of the Lord would be upon him, the one in whom the Lord's soul delights. Of course, this is exactly what we hear in Jesus' baptism as the Spirit The Spirit of the living God descended on him like a dove. This Messiah would bring justice to the nations. And then Isaiah gives us a definition of justice. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering candle he will not snuff out. What's going on here? Well, the call is no longer a rigid obedience to the law of Moses. It's compassion. It's a concern for the weak, the downtrodden the marginalized, a compassion for a woman like Mary. When Joseph broke the law, he wasn't acting in defiance of his Lord. He was obeying the justice that Jesus would bring into the world, a justice that doesn't look to power or privilege as ultimate, but freely gives these up to love and to serve those who have been mistreated by the world. And that was Christ's entire life, wasn't it? constantly going out of his way to love the unloved, to remember the forgotten, to have mercy on the bruised reeds of the world. And maybe you're one of those bruised reeds. This story of Joseph and Mary reminds us of the Lord who loves us, the one who goes out of his way to establish this kind of justice in the world. And he did it through Christmas, the incarnation, the birth And the life of Christ shows us what this means. Going out of ourselves, going out into the world, not to serve our own wants and needs, but to love and to serve. And ultimately, Jesus' justice led him to the cross, where he bled and died to save us. Christmas led to Calvary, and from there to an empty grave. This is our hope, and this is what Christ has done for us the suffering servant who humbled himself to the point of death on a cross, our Savior. So may his Holy Spirit be poured out into our hearts this coming Christmas season. He had no form or beauty that we should even look at him. Rejected and despised Our faces turned away But by His bruises we were healed And He was wounded Because of our sin The suffering servant Carried all our suffering 
Schuss leading us in a song coming out of Isaiah 53 on a haven today called The Living Nativity. Even though it's the beginning of November, Christmas is going to come ever so quickly this year, and that's why we're talking about it a little earlier this year. I want to challenge you to start thinking now about how you can help your family, your kids, your grandkids, maybe nieces and nephews, Find the living Jesus this year. So when we heard about the manger mission, we knew this was something we wanted you to have ASAP to be part of your family tradition. This unique play set comes with a beautiful storybook and a nativity set with 12 characters made from little blocks of wood sized to fit in a child's hand. Not only does it encourage children to be creative, It inspires an entire family to focus on Jesus in a Christmas season. And as the kids around you help the wise men find their way to Jesus, we pray that those children who you love and know will find Jesus as well. Please call us right now. Make your gift to Haven today and we'll send you the manger mission right away. We have it in our warehouse and our number to call is 800 654 2836 haven And if you want to send it directly to a family you know who will enjoy this new tradition this year, send us their name and address. We'll ship it for free with a note that includes your name. You can also watch families play with the Manger Mission on our website. We've put up a short video for you to watch, and you can also make your gift at haventoday.org. Haven Today. And in case you forgot, we still have The Chosen, Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD for your gift. Get a set for yourself to enjoy. Get one to give away to someone this Christmas who needs to learn more about Christ. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. 
Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you had to, right now, wherever you are, if you had to give a definition of the word glory, what would you say? That's right, glory, as in no guts, no glory, but also as in glory to God in the highest. It's not so easy to define, is it? Well, whatever your definition, my guess is you're thinking of it as a noun, a person, place, or thing. But in the Bible, glory is often used as a verb, as something you get to do. Psalm 34, 2, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Or Romans 15, 17, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. Who or what do you glory in? Try out Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.